What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily podcast on the Arizona Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into the Locked On Cardinals podcast. I'm your host and all-around Arizona sports expert, Gavin Shaw. Since moving to the Valley three years ago, I've covered the Phoenix Suns in addition to just about every Arizona State team imaginable. But I dropped it all to bring you the best and brightest on the Arizona Cardinals. All right, so we are still talking uh, Cardinals draft, specifically Cardinals wide receivers. We are getting awfully close to that day, uh, Thursday, when the Cardinals will have their draft. Uh, how we're going to plan this out over the rest of the week is I'm going to do uh, this podcast on uh, three more wide receivers I like in uh, round four and five for the Cardinals. And then we'll kind of just do a hodgepodge of guys who are either slightly higher rated guys who I haven't mentioned yet or some of the lower rated guys. I could see the Cardinals taking round six or seven or as uh, undrafted free agents signing them after the fact. Um, and then we'll we'll start going to different positions. I think I'm going to skip offensive line because, frankly, um, it would just be me listing the guys. I'm not, and I don't have any ability to evaluate offensive line play. I'm not going to pretend to. Uh, well, then we'll go into the front seven guys, and I guess you you can make the same argument on my evaluation abilities there. But I think I have a little bit more of a gauge of who's good and who would potentially fit in with what the Cardinals like to do. And we'll do one on the Cardinals uh, secondary, probably uh, Thursday morning. And then we will uh, get into it on um, on draft day. We'll do like a general uh, draft day morning. We'll do a seven-round mock for the Cardinals and kind of the one, two, three guys I see them targeting in each round. So we'll maybe do one or two podcasts before the draft. We'll do uh, one immediate reaction, one on Thursday. We'll do a preview for Friday's draft. And then we will, or I guess for round two and three, quote-unquote, then we'll do reaction for that. And uh, we'll probably do the same thing Saturday. We'll see how things are going. But anyways, that's that's my plan for the week. And uh, now we'll get into it on the uh, wide receivers. So if you've been uh, tuning in the last couple of days, you know we've been doing two or three of the two or three of these a day, just trying to uh, catch up and make up for not doing a podcast last week. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, Katie Cannon, Josh Reynolds, so two Texas guys, and then uh, Malachi Dupree, same part of the country. He went to LSU. So the one guy I'm kind of skipping over here, at least based on ESPN's list, is uh, Josh Malone, who they have as the 13th best receiver in the draft. And I don't know, I, I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit probably on tomorrow, but I just think out of all these top guys, he's not really an exceptionally good fit for what the uh, Cardinals like to do. I know he's like considered like a decent deep threat, but I, I don't know. Just I got to watch him a few times because they played uh, OU twice and uh, just uh, kind of getting a general gauge for his game, watching some big SEC games. He never really overly impressed me, though. I also really don't particularly like Josh Dobbs, the Tennessee quarterback, so that could be a reflection of that, so maybe some bias. I'll uh, preemptively apo- apologize to Josh Malone, but we were skipping over him and going to these next three guys. And so Katie Cannon is the is the reverse of the Josh Malone situation. When someone does poorly against your team, you're I, I think you're 
preemptively inclined not to particularly think highly of their skill set in general, especially when you're familiar with your team's secondary and they happen to be fairly bad. And it's the exact opposite situation when you are uh, familiar with a team and the one guy consistently dominates them. And that's, that's kind of the case with uh, Katie Cannon, who came in as a four or five star going into Baylor, one of the most highly coveted guys in the country. He's not exceptionally big, standing at just uh, 5'11", 182 pounds, so pretty close to uh, D.D. Westbrook's uh, size that we, we kind of talked about last time. But also like Westbrook, he's extremely explosive and has a real uh, engine motor pace to his game uh, and really channeled that also like Westbrook into solid production last season, finished with 87 catches, 1,215 yards, and 13 TDs last year. The production started early, and it continued, and I think was particularly impressive considering all the turmoil at Baylor with the multiple sexual assault allegations and Art Bryles being fired, his uh, head coach is, uh, and the man who recruited him to uh, Waco. So kind of a slow start because of that, 5 for 46 against Northwestern State. Then uh, starts to pick it up pretty quickly. 10 for 93 against uh, SMU. A ridiculous game against Rice. 9 for 213. Two touchdowns. Gets shut down against Oklahoma State. Yeah, well, he was he was injured for some of that game, so I'll give him a little bit of credit there, but only had a 3 for 18. Uh, doesn't play against Iowa State. Uh, dominates a crappy Kansas team. Uh, 5 for 86 against Texas and a close loss on a TD. Doesn't really do anything while Baylor gets their asses kicked by a TCU 5 for 29 in that game uh, picks it up against an OU defense that uh, this is what I was referencing before not not great but uh, still uh, a lot of NFL guys on that defense and it's 7 for 122 two touchdowns 9 for 91 against K-State 12 for 132 two TDs against Taco Tech uh, travels into Morgantown it was a tough place to play the Baylor loses a close one 5 for 84 and then just a monster bowl game against Boise State that probably got him back in uh, NFL scouts good graces and allowed him to leave early 14 catches 226 yards 16 yards a catch 168 yarder and two touchdowns so just just a beast against uh, Boise State who probably doesn't have the athletes to keep up with him but you know they're well coached and you know they didn't really give him anything easy or at least you would assume that anyways uh, we mentioned the measurables uh, 40 time 4 for 1 I think if anything it maybe even plays a little bit faster than that because again the guy is just an absurd motor I'm um, not uh, given the uh, best grade on separation skills, just above average, according to ESPN, average ball skills, uh, above average at big play, average competitiveness. But the uh, separation skills is more of a reflection of the route tree he ran at Baylor and the fact that it wasn't very uh, sophisticated rather than his, uh, I guess, inherent abilities that would translate into good route running. He has, again, we mentioned that kind of explosive change of direction, that lateral quickness, got good marks in the combine in those areas and kind of showed out on the field that he's really good in those areas. And, and then you kind of see that um, in his vertical leaf too. There's that kind of lower body strength at a 37-inch vertical, which is pretty darn good for any position. And football would be pretty good for a basketball player. Um, and he's really smooth in terms of big plays. He gets in and out of catches, in and out of routes really well. Good going down the field. That was a lot of what Baylor's offense was predicated on. So he's, he's a pretty interesting guy. I actually see him as... Someone he's not quite as fast as J.J. Nelson, maybe slightly better instincts, but he's pretty similar. So just in that sense, because the Cardinals already kind of have that guy, I'm not sure if he's an excellent fit. But again, Bruce Arians wants to go to uh, play action, throw it deep. There's a lot of guys in the draft that fit that mold. I think Cannon's up there amongst them. So 
Um, he's someone who could potentially be uh, interesting in that area. All right, uh, then we go on to the next guy, uh, Josh Reynolds, who uh, went to Texas Tech. I got to, uh, excuse me, Texas A&M. I got to uh, call uh, one of his games. Uh, my sophomore year, Arizona State traveled into Houston and uh, played them there. And uh, he was someone who really, really impressed me in that effort. And then just because I kind of got, I think I get attached anytime I call a game and someone has a good game. And and it's kind of the same thing as when you're rooting for a team and someone goes off against them. When you're calling a game and someone goes off, you you automatically think they are better than they potentially actually are. So uh, Reynolds was a guy I kind of fell in love with, and he rewarded me with a pretty darn good uh, senior season at uh, Texas Tech. 61 catches, 1,039 yards, his third consecutive season at Texas Tech after being a uh, one-year uh, JC guy with over 842 yards. Uh, so we've got 61-139 last year, 12 touchdowns as well. So that was a really good mark, and that was he also had 13 as a sophomore, so a guy who really has a nose for the end zone. Uh, started off going against UCLA and uh, Fabian Moreau, who if you didn't hear Bleacher Report, and I don't really buy this as a guy who watched him quite a bit in the Pac-12, but whatever. <laughs> Bleacher Report declared him basically the most underrated player in the draft. Uh, he's probably guarding Christian Kirk for some of that game too, but uh, Reynolds 4 for 78 against him again, uh, UCLA secondary. Doesn't really play in a blowout of Prairie View. 7 for 98 against an excellent Auburn defense. Kind of joined our Darius Stewart as a guy who tore them up and both did better than uh, D.D. Westbrook against them. So that's, uh, I guess, something potentially worth noting. It seems like everyone went off against Arkansas, though. He had 4 for 141 and a touchdown against them. Uh, slowed down a little bit next couple of weeks. Uh, 29 against South Carolina. Bounces back in double OT. 88-89 against Tennessee. And at this point, Texas A&M was like a top like five team. And everyone was like, oh, okay, they're going to go into Tuscaloosa and give Alabama a good game. And they get their butts kicked there. He only has 27 yards and a touchdown. 71 and a touchdown against NM State. Uh, 85 and a TD against Mississippi State. He's, I'm going to stop saying a touchdown because he had one every game for the rest of the season. Um, four for 70 against Ole Miss, uh, 7 for 93 when they cruised past uh, UT San Antonio, uh, 3 for 51 in a blowout loss against LSU, and then a uh, monster effort in a defeat against Kansas State, 12 for 154, two touchdowns. So just a guy who was extremely productive. Uh, ESPN has some questions about just how good his hands were, and they, they think he was inconsistent catching the ball. I didn't see a lot of games where he made bad catches, and I remember one in particular where he was going deep and it just kind of fell through his hands. But in general, I think he's pretty good. They probably know uh, better than me, but he is really intuitive, kind of uh, tracking the deep ball, and that's, that's something ESPN uh, notes in his skill set, and I it's something I really like. I think he's really instinctual throwing them on the field, and I know uh, Trevor Knight, the Texas A&M quarterback, who I think we mentioned a couple of podcasts back, uh, for all of his faults, he's, he's – can put air under a football, and it was a really deadly combination with uh, him and Reynolds. Uh, so he's he's a guy who can who can make big plays, especially in the NFL, where he's not really going to be the center of attention quite as much. My concern is kind of his his long speed getting open. Even though he runs a four five two forty, I'm not sure if he plays quite that fast. He, I think he plays more like a four six guy, which again may be a negligible difference, but it's something that I just kind of notice intangibly. But he he's a guy I've always liked uh, malachi dupree uh kind of similar build to reynolds six two and a half 196 and he runs a uh four five two forty as well so yeah pretty much steep I'm, I'm looking back in reynolds they're listed exactly the same in every way except uh, dupree is two pounds heavier and, and with that they're kind of similar players even though dupree didn't have 
quite the same impact as Reynolds because he got three years of crap quarterback play at LSU. And I, I know there, there are those evaluators that come out, and when they hear that, they're like, well, a good player is going to make, uh, going to get yards and make plays regardless. I would counter with uh, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry being part of an extremely mediocre offense at LSU with a stud offensive line, Jeremy Hill and Zach Mettenberger. So LSU can find a way, at least offensively, to uh, to mess just about anyone up. So I will uh, excuse him there. Had uh, nearly 100 catches for 1,600 yards in his career, uh, 41 for 593 this uh, past season, and uh, really uh, a year filled with uh, inconsistent efforts. Got two 100-yard games, including one in his final college game. Highlights were the 100 against uh, Southern Miss, uh, low light three for 17 against Bama, and then uh, decent efforts against Florida and Texas A&M before really exploding. And again, kind of the same situation as Katie Cannon, where his bowl game kind of pushed him towards leaving. I think it was the same thing uh, with uh, Malachi Dupree against the Louisville defense that kind of fell apart at the end of the year, but it was pretty darn good at points. He had seven for 139. Uh, only finished the season with three touchdowns, which was a little concerning for a guy who's allegedly this big play threat. I know coming into the season, I'm not sure if it was by the necessarily most credible guys like I really see it on ESPN but I know he was considered a first round pick by some and despite having small hands he has really good hands and kind of plucks the ball away from his body and is really consistent with it and probably a little bit better than both Cannon and uh, Reynolds in that category but I would say that's the only thing he has on them he's he's definitely not close to as fast as uh, Cannon and probably about the same as uh, Reynolds but I, I don't really see him as a big uh deep threat as Reynolds. The the big thing with him athletically is his vertical leap. He's a, he was a long jump champion and a high jump champion in high school, like a state champion, and I had a 40-inch vertical. So that combination is pretty intriguing and indicative of some, I guess, athletic traits that maybe he didn't really get to totally show off again at LSU because of the aforementioned poor quarterback play. But he's a guy who uh, really interests me uh, because of those, I guess, again, those traits. But kind of like... Um, Kind of like Reynolds, I'm not convinced on his speed and the production. I know I just uh, kind of, I'm being a hypocrite because I just criticize people for saying this, but the production, slightly concerning to me, even with the poor quarterback play, but maybe he comes out and uh, really surprises and I'm getting caught in that same trap all evaluators do. Anyways, we'll find out. I've, I I know sometimes I've kind of mixed it up with the order and the, the way ESPN ranks them versus how I rank them. This, this time, I, I did it in the order that I like them. I like Cannon the most, then Reynolds, then uh, Malachi Dupree. I'm very open to being proven wrong on that. Anyways, this is the third podcast on the uh, of the day, so we're not going to have a super long ending, but I highly encourage you to check out everything in the Locked On uh, Podcast Network. You have a favorite NFL team. You have a favorite NBA team. Maybe they're still alive in the playoffs. Uh, go check them out. Highly encourage you to do so. You can catch it. There's one for every team, so it's out there. Anyways, have a good night. We'll be back tomorrow on the Locked On Cardinals Podcast. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.